morning, Sunday the 20th of September, 1 John 5 verses 1 to 8, Experiencing God. The purpose of John's letter is that we might be a people who experience God, that we abide in him, walk with him and experience his presence in our lives every day. John had the most experience of Jesus on earth of anyone. He was closer and witnessed more than any of the others. And his heart was that we would might also enter into this experience with Jesus that he had enjoyed. Firstly, in chapters 1 and 2, experiencing God's light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The more we walk in the light, the more we are cleansed. So what does it mean to walk in the light? Well, what we do in front of others is no different to what we do on our own. If I said to you, pass your phone or iPad to the person sat next to you and let them browse what's there, would you be happy? Or is there something you wouldn't want them to see? But actually, God sees everything and knows our hearts. We may get away with things before people, but there are no shadows with him. The light exposes everything. Chapters 3 and 4 are about experiencing God's love. A love that is pure, a love that is perfect, and a love that is practical. And in the light of what I've just said, don't we need that love? And now we come to chapter 5, experiencing God's life. In John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. It's such a thrill to see people giving their lives to Jesus. But what is even better to see them living out a new life of God's abundant love. The joy of their salvation being shared with people they know. The enthusiasm for anything that the church is doing their desires to get involved. <clears throat> Sadly, that so often that enthusiasm gets dulled as they rub off against other Christians who don't seem quite so enthusiastic. <clears throat> Do you know, I've actually heard people say, oh, they'll get over it when they see enthusiastic believers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron. And those of us who seem to have lost our edge need to get around some of those new believers who are as sharp as nails. But sadly there must be something that blunts iron because that's what so many Christians seem to do to others. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah has been born of God and everyone who loves the Father has been born of him. Everyone who believes Jesus is the Messiah there's only one that faith that believe that, and that's the Christian faith. The Jews believe in the same God, but don't recognise Jesus either as being God in human form or being the Messiah. And the Muslims don't even believe it's the same God. John Corson explains that Allah was one of many gods worshipped by Muhammad. It was actually the moon god. This was the God Abraham worshipped before God called him away from his pagan family, culture and religion. So if anyone tells you all religions worship the same God, don't believe them. 
John says in verse 5 that one who that the ones who overcome the world are the ones who believe Jesus is the Son of God. So if you want to overcome the world, believe Jesus is God the Son who came into the world. If you want to be overcome by the world, then don't believe that Jesus is God the Son. Jesus said at the end of John 16, In the world you'll have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And this same Jesus lives in every believer. That is the victory of the cross. The Gnostics taught that Jesus was human before his baptism, but as he came up out of the water, his divinity, divinity was bestowed on him, and on the cross, as the blood fell, his divinity left him. They taught that Jesus was not fully human and fully divine. John states that Jesus is divine in baptism, that's water, and on the cross, that's blood, and that the Spirit, spirit bears witness to this. And there's one other thing I just want to speak about this morning, and it's, it's something that I've, I think I've missed all the years I've been a Christian. Although I've always believed in the Trinity, I had believed that the Bible never explicitly stated this truth. Jesus calls us to baptise in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. But John actually takes it a step further. The problem is that it's not written in this way in every translation. Most modern translations have left the chunk of scripture out. Verses 7 and 8 say, For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. But the King James Version, both the Old and the New King James, have the following. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water and the blood, and these three agree as one. Now whilst I understand that some of the words were not in all the copies of the manuscripts that were translated, it seems that someone felt it important enough to include it in their copies. Father, Word or Logos or Jesus, the Word become flesh, and Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Not they agree as one, as in other versions, but they are one. Our God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit and our walk of faith is lived out in all three, all the time. Amen.